Hello and welcome back to the Property Empress podcast. My name's Richard and with me as always is Anna Pierce. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Richard. How are you? Uh, I'm wonderful. Good. I'm always wonderful. That's always you are always wonderful. Wow, look at that. Yes. Quick, clip that. Clip that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, this week we're going to be talking about, we're going to go, go over your bit of your journey from last week. So last week you went to Manchester mm. to do some sort of uh, research on the new area. So we thought that'd be a really good episode on how to how to explore and how to find properties in a new area. Exactly, because I think it's all very well doing the research from the comfort of your own home for what area. Because we did was it episode eleven? I think we did how to find your area, and we even did I think episode twelve how to you know do the research. But actually, what do you do when you're like right? I'm going to invest in this area. Then what do you do? So the idea is I'm going to try and break it down into SIPs straightforward steps to help people to implement a new area yeah so this is kind of like part two of the uh, once you've found your area we're not going to go over how you find your area like anna said you can we'll uh, link the episode i think it looks i think it was 11 but you can do all that mm. and then this is the next stage so um following on from your your travels up north yeah let's um, uh, follow along on what you actually did so first of all, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I like this part because you get to go and explore and meet new people and look at houses. So this is really, this is for me, the really fun part. Um, so yeah, the, like, yeah, absolutely. You've done the area comparison. You've checked the cash flows, the market uplift and the stock, like how many houses, uh, for three separate areas you've decided so for example decide manchester is your area and that's uh where you then go mm -hmm. so the first thing to do you there's a couple of steps you kind of do before you even go to the i mean you don't get me wrong part of the area comparison you can go and you can do research as well but this is to start hitting the ground running with viewings so i will just also add actually that i just to be clear i'm not investing in manchester this is for a client of mine um and so yeah basically i was going to manchester uh doing all the viewings find basically finding him houses so the first thing to do if you're so the first thing i did with manchester is go on right move and look for properties that suit your strategy so for this particular <laughs> this particular client sounds really bad his strategy is cheap houses and actually i won't go into the ins and outs but basically he wants a cheap house he doesn't mind if there's renovation or not he just wants cheap cheapest chips house houses basically right. so and i say manchester actually it's lee that i was in rather than manchester um but it's basically greater manchester um so yeah so basically you start right move so for me his strategy was cheap houses which makes it really simple <laughs> i literally just looked for two or three bedroom houses uh in lee um, and I filtered it by uh, price and I looked for the cheapest houses. So if your most people's strategy tends to be uh, they're looking for cash flow in a certain area. So then they're looking because actually the cheap houses do tend to give the better rental. You don't really want to go premium houses because you don't tend to get the premium. I mean, you will get a higher rent, but you won't get the same ratio kind of increase. So most people really, not necessarily the cheapest, but certainly the cheaper ends. So, but yeah, basically if you're looking for, if you're particularly if you're looking for buy selects, it's normally two or three bedroom houses, cheaper ends, um, the spectrum. Uh, if you're looking for HMOs, obviously you'd be looking for houses that you can, you know, rent the rooms that meet the criteria. If there's an Article 4 area, maybe, I don't know, I actually don't mind buying an Article 4, but some people like to avoid Article 4. So you're basically going on right move looking for your strategy for the houses. Uh, that suit your strategy. Article 4. 
Sorry, do I skirt over? <laughs> so when you're doing HMOs, when you're doing multi-let properties, like you're renting the room, in some areas there's what's called an article for area. So it's usually in the town centre. I would imagine it's probably near universities as well. Um, and it's basically an area that if you want to convert a regular house into an HMO, you have to get planning permission. So it's just a way for the councils to make sure that <laughs> the whole area isn't flooded with HMOs, right. um, basically. Okay. So, um, yes. But yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, have a little look on right move. And um, what I what I look for is as I went through all the houses in Lee, um, every other house was on with a particular estate agent. Can't for the life remember remember the name of it now, but it was on with a particular estate agent. So I was like, they have the monopoly in these cheap houses in Lee. Mm -hmm. So I started there. So basically, the first step is to look on right me for houses that meet your strategy and then start calling the estate agents to book the viewings, starting with ideally, I mean, there's a few reasons to start with the ones that have the monopoly, not least that I was like, I was going to, it, like Manchester's four hours for me. So I was driving up and I was like, I'm going to hit the ground running on like the Monday morning, I think it was. Um, and... I've lost track of when I, yeah, no, that's right, on Monday morning. So I was like, I want to have my first viewing as early as possible. So phoning the estate agent with the most number of houses means that I can then be like, can I look at, and I actually looked at four houses with this estate agent that had a, a monopoly. There was probably like maybe seven or eight, but some of them had gone or we, they couldn't get me in for whatever reason. So then you can do back-to-back -back viewings with the, with the estate agent that has the most properties and you know you're going to get like a big chunk of viewings booked in that are all together, basically. Yeah. So it's logistically, it makes sense. But also you want to get in with this estate agent, you want to start talking to them. And the nice thing actually about talk, going for four viewings is you get plenty of chance to really get to know the estate agent and ask, ask lots of questions. Um, so start with the one that has the most and then go to all the other ones that just have like one or two, what have you, and book in the viewings. Um, it can just be a little bit tricky. I'm go actually going to London to do some viewings tomorrow. And what I found is it's a bit scattergun through the day. So it can sometimes be tricky. You've got to be a bit, a little bit like, particularly with London, I don't have a car, so it's going to be a bit trickier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do, I like it to be quite a flowing day, of but course. sometimes it has to be a bit scattergun. I do have a question. Yeah, sure. When booking the viewings with the estate agent, do you tell them you're an investor looking for properties or do you just say, I want to view this, this and this house? They will almost always ask you your circumstances. Yeah, I was going to say, so, because when, they, yeah. when I've been looking recently, they always say, what position are you in? Yeah. Um, so is that when you say, well, I'm an investor and they don't, yeah. but they don't check, like, do you have the funds available now or anything like that? Because obviously when, as a mm. private buyer, they, they're asking you know, is your house listed? Is it sold? And mm. so how do you get around that as an investor? So yeah, usually, I mean, usually when, when I phone, I say, can I, I've seen a property or write me, can I book a viewing? They will, some of them, it jars me when they go straight to, right, are you listed with us? We'll take your details. Like before they've said anything about the property, I had this yesterday and I, that's why I know how jarring it is because I'm like, I don't even know if the properties, because sometimes you phone, it's, they've just accepted an offer. But to go straight to, we'll get you on our books. So I was like, just talk about the house first yeah. and come back to it. But usually what they do is they'll talk to you about the house. So they'll kind of say, you know, uh, what like, that? well, you're just, you know, yes, it's available. When's a good time for you to come and see it? Da, 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 that kind of thing. But they will at some point ask you a bit about your circumstances and take your details. A, because they need to send you the details for the viewing. But the typical questions they ask you is, is it for you or is it 
you know, an investment, particularly if you're looking at quite clearly what would be an amazing rental property, like particularly if it needs a bit of work, yeah. they'll say, what well, is this for you? Or is it, you know, rental? And I'll always be like, oh, it's for a rental. Are you, you know, are you looking for properties that need a bit of work? And I'm always like, I ideally need a bit of work, but I don't, I'll, you know, it depends on the property. But for this client, that was the case. Normally I'm like, no, I'd rather it have, you know, some work. Um, and they will you sometimes not always ask about the funding you know do you have you know are you buying cash it's normally are you buying cash or mortgage and i'll say well it'll be uh, in fact it depends with this particular client it was it'll be mortgage uh, for us because we're using angels like we use angels it's actually cash purchase so it'll be a cash buyer um do you need to sell anything no like they okay. sometimes ask that yeah. not always but sometimes i'll ask do you need to sell anything i'm like no um what other questions they ask um, but they don't ask, do you have proof of funds or anything at that point? They're just saying, is it mortgage or cash normally? What areas are you looking for? If they're quite a proactive estate agent, they might be saying, what areas are you looking for? You know, what what's your budget? And they'll be like, can we send you properties that will suit your, you know, criteria? In which case, I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to get an idea of some of the questions they're going to initially ask. So you don't throw it up yeah. and then you're like, oh, uh, hang on. Exactly. No, it's a really, really, it's an important question. So thank you. But yeah, be open and honest with them. Absolutely, 100%. Like tell them, you know, um, one of the things we were taught was to say it was cash, even though you're using mortgages, because they're like, technically it is cash. You're buying a cash. And I'm just like, why? Why? You're adding, why? A, adding a, a, a lie almost for no exactly, reason. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So you're booking the viewings of the estate agents. Um, and... Oh, the other thing I was going to say, I was just looking at my notes, the other thing I was going to say was the number of viewings. Okay. <laughs> because if if you're, particularly if you're investing, because this obviously isn't necessarily relevant if you live in the area, or some of these points are slightly different if you don't, if you already live in the area. But I'm talking about if you're going to new area. Um, if I'm going to Manchester, I'm driving four hours, I want to see as many houses as possible yeah. while I'm there. So I will, the most we've seen in a day is 11 houses. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I couldn't remember them by the, they blurred, merged into one by the end of it. Um, so what I do is I always ask the stage and I say, is it okay if I just do a video as I walk around just so that I can kind of look back? Um, or particularly if I'm looking for a client, because I, I told them I was looking for a client, like, yeah. so that I can share it with them, they're like, it's fine. If it's someone home, someone's home, if someone lives there, if it's a tenant or they live there, like I'll say, it's okay if I film, but I'll obviously try and be mindful that I don't, you know, go close up on anything personal. I'll try and keep it quite, yeah. you know, like general. Yeah. And they've always said it's absolutely fine. If they say no, obviously I wouldn't do it, but it's useful to do. But if you're doing like 10 viewings, <laughs> it's really useful to have. Don't do what I often do, which is go whoosh around the rooms. Like film slowly. <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise it's not helpful yeah. and I still do that I'm still like whoosh around the room and then I can't see anything so film slowly and even better film as you walk around and then take photos as you leave okay oh, okay yeah <laughs> But we do, my ideal would really be, particularly if I'm driving a long way, I would want to do like eight to 10 viewings in a day or maybe over a couple of days, maybe break it into like four to eight viewings on one day and then the same the next day. Um, but it's a personal preference, particularly when you're getting started, maybe you don't want to see so many houses, but I want to see as many as possible. But um, I think, I'm sure someone once said to me, they saw 16 houses in a day. I just don't know how that's physically possible. <laughs> So, um, and then the, the, so once you've, um, 
So this is just, I've gone into it a little bit. This is just booking your viewings. Number two is meant to just be booking the viewings. Then obviously step three is to go and stay. Like even if it's just half an hour from you, go and stay in the area, go and find places to eat, go and talk to the locals um, and just get a feel of the place as you drive around. What like, because when I went to Manchester, I was like, I know that there's areas of Manchester that that are quite rough that I wouldn't, particularly as my like, you know, like little white middle kind of age like quite posh accented girl would not necessarily fit in very well so i was a little bit mindful but as i drove around i was like it's really nice here like i could tell it just felt really nice um and even the places we were looking at um there was one that they had bars on i put this and i know this from tiktok i shared a video and there were bars on the back window and i didn't spot it when i was there because there's loads of rubbish and i just noticed the rubbish not the bars and someone's like don't you check the crime crime statistics because there's crime maps you can actually go and look what crime is in the air i was like i don't check before i go because i want to have a clean slate and i want to work out how i feel about it and then you can do like extra research afterwards. But if I'd have read that there was loads of crime, I would have maybe gone and gone, oh, it doesn't feel good to me. So I personally, I like to have a clean slate, sure. basically. Um, so yeah, so go, go and stay and explore. I mean, again, I'm going to say this over and over, talk to the locals, talk to as many people as possible, come out of your comfort zone and talk to as many people as possible. When we were on the viewings, I was talking to neighbours, we went to the local pub, I was chatting to the people in the local pub. Like, like just talk anything about to anyone just to see where the conversation takes you, find out, you know, particularly if you... You know, because we came out of a viewing and then this lady was walking and she obviously lived at one of the houses. And there was a question mark for me about this particular house. So I went and just started chatting to her and I got loads of good information from her about it. So, it, but the guy I was with, uh, Sean, was a little bit like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, it's good stuff. Anyway, so explore the area and harass the locals for information. <laughs> Uh, is number three and then number four is and i've kind of skipped ahead to this but do the viewings obviously go on the viewings so kind of the first one was look on right move second one was you know book the viewings third one go and stay and explore fourth one and actually go on the viewings um exp- you know obviously like i said talk to neighbors the estate agents honestly like have conversations with the estate agents ask them about the house ask them about the area even if you know i mean like one of the estate agents when i was in manchester he he clearly thought I knew nothing about property. Like I don't say very much. I I want to I want to listen. I don't want to necessarily talk. I want to listen. He obviously thought I didn't know very much about property, which is absolutely fine. And he was telling me stuff, and I was like, mm-hmm. but you know, I could then ask him questions, and he just gave me so much amazing information. Um, and you can ask about the area, you can ask about the property, ask about the vendor as well. Why are they selling? What's their situation? So particularly if you're looking at rental properties and it's the landlord selling. What is, are they selling other, other houses? Are they actually selling maybe a portfolio of 10 houses? Could you maybe talk to them about, even if the other ones aren't for sale, maybe you could do a lease option, you know, just get just get really interested yeah. on the viewings. Yes, yeah, it's that old, that, old, uh, that old proverb of if you're talking, then you're not learning, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, estate agents generally being very good salespeople they are tend to like to talk particularly to people who want to listen so honestly (laughs) you could get a lot of stuff and the other thing i would say i know this is the worst time of year to say this but at christmas estate agents 
become an open book and tell you all kinds of stuff that they're not meant to tell you. Because <laughs> you can say, you can ask an estate agent what offers have they had on the property? What does the estate, what, sorry, what does the vendor want for the property? Yeah. You know, they're not really meant to tell you, but a lot of them do, particularly oh, yeah. they're kind of quite inexperienced. And it's not to trick them, but it's it's genuinely helpful. Yeah. If, they, if it's, in fact, the, one of the properties I saw was on for 90. He said, it's offers in excess of 90, but they'll take less than 90. And I was like, oh. brilliant, boom, that's exactly what I need to know. Yeah. You know, so you can ask and it's, you know, they I, might say, they might not want to tell you. But. I always do. I mean, even like now, I'll say we're looking for our own house. And even now, I've not one of the first questions, but quite early on, I sort of say, so what's the sort of history of the sale of this? You know, has there been yeah. lots of offers? Is it? And quite often, they, a few of them have said, yeah, we, it was already sold, but it, it's, you know, it's fallen through. And then you're mm. like, oh, how come? And then, exactly. And then they said, well, nice. uh, you know, they actually struggled to get a mortgage on it because it had two kitchens in. This is one I had. And I is that like, genuine? It had two kitchens? Yeah, so they couldn't mortgage. Oh, my they God. Wouldn't, they wouldn't put a mortgage. Because there were too many kitchens. There was two kitchens in the house. And Why does that become unmortgageable? I no idea. They couldn't get a mortgage That's on it. That's so fascinating. And, and um, right. I said, well, why couldn't, the, uh, couldn't you just remove one of them? And the, mm. she said, no, the vendor won't remove the second kitchen. So, so there's a problem with getting a mortgage on it. I was like, oh, interesting. There you go. I was like, oh, okay. So, um, nice. So you instantly, by the way, just because that's interesting, you instantly know if something's unmortgageable, 90% of people looking at it, it probably will fall away. So you have less competition. Yeah, so straight away. You've got away, a better chance of getting it, yeah. That's why I thought straight away. I was like, oh, okay. So what would it take to get a mortgage on it? Who could I speak to? And like, Yes. Yeah, like, uh, you know, would the vendor take a, a different offer if I said I'll get rid of the kitchen, I'll pay for the kitchen to be removed or something weird? You know, who knows? Yeah. See, I would go down the route of private financing. If you're using angels, yeah. like, you know, but you don't have to use angels. You can use bridging, like bridging would do it because you can buy mortgageable properties. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive, but if the only issue is that it's unmortgageable because the kitchen, if you buy it on bridging and then, you know, re- uh, ch- change it so it's mortgageable, yeah. like probably remove the kitchen, to be honest, then you can just go to buy to that. Uh, buy to- could go to a lender and get a normal so you've got a very clear exit strategy they're probably likely to lend it to you Um, so that's what I would do that's if you're really keen on the property and the only thing is that it was lovely it was very nice yeah. but you might be able to get it a little bit cheaper because you'll have to you can and you can legitimately say I need to use bridging so it's more expensive borrowing yeah. so therefore I need to put a slightly lower offer this is the number that works yeah. for me I understand if it doesn't work for the vendor but if they want to move forward then also it's bridging it's quick as well yeah. so I guess I'd say like like you said I saw that as an instant opportunity and I just thought oh great yeah. that's going to put loads of people off yeah which is exactly <laughs> yeah. what you want isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it helps um I'm curious, are you going to go for it? Like, do you, is it a, how, I know you actually need to sell your house first, don't you? Yeah. So you can't. I'm trying not to look at them too much. But I, I know. It. Oh, it's so hard, I isn't know, it? I know, yeah. Don't look, don't look on there yet. But I just mm. want to see. I just, just want to see. Because you need to know kind of what kind of thing you could get for your money and yeah. stuff like that. But then when you fall in love with a house, I it's know. really tricky. Yeah. So viewings. Yeah. <laughs> do, view, do viewings. Do basically. them. That's number four. Uh, and then afterwards... Uh, do the research because lots of stuff will come up. Um, so again, just because I'm thinking about this particular property, uh, there's some subsidence. It was a very interesting situation because um, I walked into a house and I felt a bit drunk. Oh, like God. I seemed to veer to one side and he was like, yeah, there's subsidence. And I, in the same thing, I went, oh, it's unmortgageable. He went, no, no, you can get a mortgage on it. He was like, in this area, there's loads of mines and there's lots of subsidence. You can still get mortgages. And I was going... Every part of me is going, you're wrong. Yeah. 
you're wrong and I'm right. But he was so like, no, 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 it's, it's an area thing. And, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why I listen to the estate agents, talk to the estate agents. And I was like, as much as I wanted to go, you're wrong. And you're like against all my belief system with property. I was like, I've got to listen to him. And I was like, so I asked him those questions about it. And I'm going to, do, and I Googled it straight away, but nothing came up. So I need to do some more research. Um, but yeah, so stuff will come up that you have to research about the area and understand the area. And then of course, also do your numbers for the, for the, um, for the property to work out what your offer is going to be. And again, I think then episode 12 kind of kicks in for how to research the property, but it has to do the numbers. Um, so yeah, and then you put offers in. So if you're happy with the numbers and you think it's, you know, good property, um, what I would say is don't look for the perfect property and then put an offer in, like put a few offers in, you know, even though if they're a little bit lower than the asking price, I mean, in this market, you're really, you know, you're not, if you put like a really ridiculous offer and you're highly unlikely yeah. to have it accepted, but only obviously put number, the offer in that works for you. But it's okay, even if it is a little bit lower. Like we've, and again, we've, you know, uh, particularly one of my clients, uh, we looked at loads of houses. Uh, this was when it was really booming a few months ago. And it, we looked at a couple of houses and it was like, they've had five offers all around asking price and they still put low offers in. And I was like, do it, do it. Because, I mean, within reason, within reason, like if they've had full asking price and you're putting like 25% discount in, like probably no. But the thing is, if they all fall away, you know, because one in three sales are falling through at the moment, you know, and people are generally fickle and they might have got caught up because the estate agent was like, there's loads of offers that I've got to get an offer yeah. in, it's got to go higher. Then they realize actually it doesn't work. If they get five months down the line and then the, the person pulls out, the vendor might come back to you because you're the one that was like the, the steady Eddie. You kind of got nothing to do, but don't piss your estate agents off. That was slight, the slight issue with that client because they're putting really low offers in. I was like, you're just going to piss them yeah, off. Yeah, because they've got to put it forward and, they, and they, you, know, you make it mm. awkward for them. Do, do you yeah. put in, say say you're looking for one property in Manchester and you view yeah. 10, 10 houses and you want to put an offer in, you like four of them. Are you putting four offers in or are you just putting one at a time? Four. Okay. <laughs> right, so. Ideally, 10. Okay, yeah. <laughs> as many offers as possible. The estate agents freaking love it. If you can put an offer in, you know, like I said, numbers that work for you, not just for the sake of it, no. numbers that work for you. But the estate agent loves it. It builds a really good rapport with the estate agent, shows that you're serious. And you're also then spreading your, like you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So for me, if I've seen 10 properties, I'll try and put 10 offers in for numbers that work for me. Because you never know, you might get a property. But then uh, what if, four of them pick you do you then have to say oh actually no i don't want those three anymore i mean how does that work so for me well i'll just buy well, i know you I know. Me. but if you're genuinely just one one house so are you talking about like if you're a homeowner or no 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 like, if you're an investor say you, so, can only, you can only afford one but you're looking yeah. but four of them match the criteria and you're happy to put offers in on all four and you just you'll take any one of the four it's, I mean, it's unlikely to happen, but if it did happen, if I put in, if I only had enough funds and I only wanted to get like yeah. one property, da, 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 I had four offers accepted, I would source those three other properties. 
So I would I would package the, if they they because ah, okay. I bear in mind I use angels. So for me personally, if it was that, that you can buy it and pay, you know, using an angel, pay it back. Also, I've got no reason not to buy all four. <laughs> yeah. Like if you know if you're or not me, but if you're using angels and you know that you can buy these all four of these houses, you can buy using angel funds, and in three years time you can refinance, pay the angels back, and then that's an asset. Like you have really you have no if you you have no reason not to do it. Like, but if you genuinely for whatever reason only want one but you know that it's a good deal, basically, then I would be looking to source that ah, so I, then, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you contact some people you know and say, look, I've got a, I've got an offer yeah. accepted on a house. This is the deal. This is what the come And do yeah. you want to... And you just take a little little fee for yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's unlikely, but... Yeah. Just, that's the that's the thing. Keep it or source it. You can, I mean, you can just pull out, but obviously it's not ideal. Um... I'm trying to think if there's anything else here. I mean, just I just think keep keep them all, <laughs> keep them all. <laughs> Why would you want to buy? What do you mean? Someone just wants one house? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Houses are plural. All right. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, nice questions. So do you have anything, or no, how do you feel about that? Richard? No, yeah. I mean, like I said, I was all the questions have got answered as I was sort of listening mm. really um yeah the, yeah the main i think the main thing is just um having like you said at the start knowing what you're actually going there for what what yeah. is the point of you going what are you trying to get out of the the viewings um if, mm. if you're already if you're on an R and about do you need this one then you didn't do your research properly you know you should know yeah. what house you want what it's going to return for you um before you go in there don't try and work it out <laughs> yeah at the place Definitely. Because I think estate age, I think property investors are notoriously fickle, mm. and people will go, "I want to buy a house," and they'll go and look at loads of properties, they'll put offers in, and then they'll get scared and pull out because they haven't done exactly what you're talking about. They haven't really got clear on their strategy, and then suddenly it become, "Oh, actually, is this right for me?" Yeah. And then they'll pull out. So I think. Um, you know, with the estate agent's point of view, ideally you don't want to. Be, you you just want to be really clear, so you're not met, you're not wasting anyone's time, your time or their time, because there's nothing. You know, the estate agents. I do feel a bit for estate agents because they're here, there, and everywhere doing all these viewings. And again, this is what's nice to do like four viewings at once from the estate agent's point of view. So if they've taken the time, and obviously, you know, because I spent ages chatting to this estate agent after the viewings, mainly about him. He was fascinating, but. Um, but again, it's all rapport building. But if they've taken the time to do it, I just don't want to. I don't want to just. I mean, in fact, so I've been a bit naughty because I haven't done my research on these properties yet. But once I, I'm hoping to do it today, and then I'm going to hopefully put offers in on all four. Um, two of which I'm just like. I mean, if you saw the TikTok, I was like, I'm not interested. It's too nice. But only because this particular client strategy, he actually doesn't mind if it's too nice. He just wants a cheap house, um, and. So yeah, ideally I'll put four in. Again, it's part for me, it's part of that rapport building. And if we happen to get more than yeah. one, because he only wants one at the moment, if we happen to get one, we'll just source it onto someone else. Okay. All right. Um, so we'll find out fact, next week. In fact, if we get more than one, um, the Sean, who I'm looking with, uh, he'd probably buy it. <laughs> so he'd probably have it. So but yeah, I'll yeah, I'll keep you posted next week about what happens with all. Yeah, it's fun. Property is so much fun. The actual doing a property is so much fun. Yeah. Um, it is daunting. I get like particularly the first step. It's really, really daunting. But once you're in the swing of it, it's so much fun. It's such. And if you're a people p- person, it's a really nice people business because you're talking to so many different people. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many times I can say people I, in a minute. 
<laughs> yeah, hang on. I've got to edit this. I don't want to <laughs> edit out people. Hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's a really, really, that's an awesome list. That's really useful. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad it helps. Thanks. I want to go, I want to take you on some viewings, Richard. We should do. We should the do. problem is, I just don't think either of us, our strategy isn't down south, so I'd have to drag you up somewhere north. Well, as long as you pick somewhere, somewhere nice. Uh, don't mention any names because people get offended. So uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to York. I love York. Okay. Yeah, my cousin's in York. So if you, that's interesting. If you were to be, if you had to uh, have a gut instinct on an investment area, York would be your investment area, would it? Would that no, be where I, you'd to see? it's really expensive. I tried to move to York years ago oh, and it? I just could not afford any of the rents because the, the average wage in York is still the average wage, you know, <laughs> up north. It's relatively sort of minimum wage, but the house mm. prices are insane. So I just couldn't afford to live there and work, so I never went there. But as a, as a city, I absolutely love York. Yeah. Yeah. But as an investment area, it's too I, expensive. Isn't it? Yeah, but I'm thinking more. My gut instinct is heading to more Leeds, Nottingham type of area. Oh, nice. Yeah, Nottingham. I did. I did an area yeah. comparison in that kind of. I, I mean, they were only really looking in Nottingham, and then kind of within half an hour radius. Yeah. Um, but the numbers came out strong in Nottingham. I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's going to be expensive. But yeah, actually, place. it came out pretty good. And that that's these are clients who they've had an offer accepted. So they're buying a really nice house, like just outside of like the town centre. And it's a really nice area. You can, again, you can just tell it's a nice area. Uh, it's a nice house. They've got some good numbers for it. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a you know a strong property. Yeah, that's, that's where um, I'm sort of my my mind is heading. I would. I mean, Manchester and Leeds, Manchester and Liverpool are areas. That, seem to be doing great but to be honest mm. i can't be bothered to travel that far yeah yeah, yeah. so i'd rather but that's why yeah. that's the beauty of doing this like if i was going to genuinely invest in manchester because i have to say like although i wouldn't invest in lee personally because there's not enough houses i ran out of stock i ran out of properties to be very yeah. quickly because we we did a little um check didn't we before we recorded yeah. and there's like a five so if you go on right move and you just look for properties for sale in a particular area and make sure inc- you include sold subjects contracts there was i think about 500 properties in yeah. me and then i went to northampton it was like 2500 and i was like i don't ever really feel like i'm running out of houses in northampton yeah. whereas in lee i ran out in one visit yeah it's actually an important so, point to make because then we checked like yeah. liverpool and there was like five thousand, wasn't there it was loads so. there was like seven wasn't it seven thousand oh, well, there you go we was it liverpool was it manchester yeah. i can't remember but that was the difference yeah. between 500 yeah. houses you're looking yeah. and then expanding the area so uh, yeah good, good uh good tip to keep an eye on when you're looking exactly exactly um yeah okay. so i think that's everything isn't it oh look at that looking at the time we're like it's relatively quick compared yeah, to perfect. last week uh, yeah um so where uh, well actually first of all do you want to just mention your course that you've got running again i just would love to yeah. yes thank you so much so yeah i'm running my property and press get started by select course it's on the 12th and 13th of february so it's a two-day training and we cover everything from finding an area like talking to estate agents doing numbers as well as like finding you know builders the tax side of things whether to buy a limited company that kind of thing we cover kind of everything you need to get started in property so it's a two-day online training and then that's followed by 14 uh, action steps to take like an action plan for 14 days to help you take and put everything into practice and then at the end of that we have a momentum call so it's it's one-to-one with me and the idea really is just as you start putting everything into practice and start kind of 
you know, the learning side and then actually putting into practice stuff will come up. So yeah. the momentum call is just to help you give you a little bit more focus and guidance, but also any questions you have. Um, and this week as well, if you but if you enroll uh, this week, so this is I've just realized I don't know, I'm trying to think of the dates because this is going yeah. out Monday. I've extended um, I'm offering a bonus strategy call as well. Um, so it will still, I think, be applicable on Monday. So if you enroll, um, I think probably all of the week that this podcast comes out, you also get this bonus strategy call. So it will be just helping you get some clarity on your strategy um, and also some reflections and questions um, and action points to lead you up to the training. So it'll just get you because what I find when I talk to people on strategy calls Sometimes I notice certain patterns that are really obvious to me, like usually around our relationship with money and property. So maybe some limiting beliefs I think could use some nurturing. Yeah. So it'll just be some reflections, so some questions for you to ask, you know, yourself. You don't have to necessarily, you, can, you are very welcome to share with me, you don't have to, um, to just help get into that rich mindset and that investing mindset. Yeah. So it's... Um, so the investment's £555, and that's absolutely for all of that, like all included. Um, and yeah, so if you're interested, go to propertyempress.com and you, there's the, a link to enrol. Amazing. Well, I think uh, I think why it's so valuable is the, is the chance to actually speak like at, at your personal level and get, get a one-to-one opinion on stuff because it's all very well listening and reading, and I've done it for years, yeah. you know this, but it's not until you speak to someone directly about your situation it that's, really sort of yeah. feels, feels real and feels like something's happening so uh, yeah. yeah that's exactly it yeah and and just like having someone to ask questions yeah. to I mean I've had I've had two sets of clients recently have offers accepted and it's like you shift gears and it's and we like then they're just and they're asking like you know they're asking such beautiful questions and it's just nice to be able to support them you know because when you do sing because the idea of this is you know it's for new investors to help them take that first step the first step is always you know the most daunting so it's just to help make ease that transition and you know give you a little bit of guidance and support to get started perfect so, yeah so head to uh head to the website to check that out and all mm. the links will be in the show notes as they always are yes, um, thank you what is also very uh, useful to us are reviews and ratings so <laughs> if you are enjoying the podcast if you're getting any sort of information and help out of it then please uh, to say thank you you can leave us a review so you can do that mm. on apple itunes it's even called itunes anymore i don't know uh, the apple store the podcast store if you can leave a review on there that'd be much appreciated and Spotify also well. Spotify absolutely so Spotify mm. now has a rating system so if you listen on Spotify then please um, tick the appropriate star level yes which is five which is five yeah <laughs> it's the only level all right <laughs> <laughs> And talking of feedback and ratings, I have had so many people contact me to say how much they love the podcast, that they're binge watching, everyone's saying they're binge watching all of the episodes. Ah. So it's so lovely. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate all the love and positivity. Um, yeah, it's just been incredible. Like particularly obviously since I've been back after my couple of months off of not being so well. Um, I've just had loads and loads of positive comments. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate every one of you. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And uh, like you said, the response has been really, really nice. So uh, mm. we shall continue then, shall we? Yeah, all right then. All right, we'll carry on. <laughs> carry on into season two. So we hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll be back next week. Very exciting. Yeah. Have a lovely week, everyone. Goodbye.
Bye.